So I was having a conversation yesterday with a coworker who they have a couple of older kids and they were just asking about, you know, how things were going with my family and they knew I had two younger younger boys and they didn't know that the older one just started kindergarten. And so they were just asking how that was going and and then just made the comment in passing and, and something along the lines of I don't remember the exact quote, but they said something along the lines of, Man, I I can't imagine trying to raise young kids today or young kids right now. And, you know, I just made the, you know, whatever feedback comment and, and then we started our meeting. So we didn't really get to go much deeper than that. But, but I was, I was reflecting on that and sitting there thinking about that. And, and I was just like, man, this is somebody who their kids aren't very old. So it's not like, you know, they were raising yeah, them a much different yeah, not time. Like our age. Right. And, you know, cause it's the, it's the conflicting in my mind. The conflicting battle is, you know, you see something portrayed in media, you see something portrayed on social media but then I go live my day-to-day life in my community. Like last night, for instance, we were at football practice, and there were literally hundreds of people out there, all different teams practicing and parents and everybody interacting, and life was good. Like, there was no arguing about, you know, anything that's happening in the world. It's just people in the moment, present, feeding to their kids, enjoying yep. the time. So it's this mental battle I'm having of I live my day-to-day life a certain way, and interact with people in a certain way, and things go a certain way through the course of the day. But then I go and I click on my phone or I turn on the TV, and it's being portrayed as the world is ending, you know, life is over. So I'm just wondering in my mind, okay, how much is played up in our head of the reality of times are different versus what's truly going on? Yeah, Our times, too. Now, now there's, no, there's no denying that we're we know more now than we've ever known. Like we're, we're exposed to more now and our kids are exposed to more now than we've ever known. There's no doubt about that because of social media and things like that. The question is how much of it is real? Is it truly worse now than it's ever been? Or is that just being a prisoner of the moment thinking, yeah, times are just, they've never been this hard. Yeah. So I think about that all the time too. It's a, it's a real thought because, because I, I have, I have the argument with my, not argument. We have this conversation, my wife and I all the time. It's like, no, let them do this. We did this and you know, Mm -hmm. her, it's different today. It's different. It's different today. It's not like it was when we were kids. And, and I asked the same question and it's like, is it, is it different? Or are we just being told that? Right. Um, But what I do think is I do think it is different um, because it's this, this cycle, our exposure to information um, the normalization of the unnormal, the, the uncommon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we are, we are being, we are consuming information that leads us to believe these outlier situations are normal in every day. Because think about it is we'll tell a story to somebody at a dinner party at our house or at soccer practice or whatever, whatever it is, we'll tell a story of something that we read online that happened in some crazy situation that happened in Boston. And we, we tell the story because we want to be the one to tell the story. Mm -hmm. Like it's, we have this emotional connection to it and it's really important to us. We'll tell the story like it's happening at our kid's school. Right. And so when you're talking, when we're talking about, Hey, is it different for our kids? Is it different raising kids? Is it different today than it was 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago? Yes, it is because we're making it different. 
We're making it different because we are validating this, the, the media, the news of these crazy situations that they want to broadcast out to get eyes, to get clicks, to get viewers. And then we're now bringing that into our homes. We're bringing that into our communities, bringing that into our schools, bringing that into our youth activities and, ma- and making it normal. For example, um, read something about some school district allowed a young girl who identifies as a feline to not verbally talk and she only has to meow. She doesn't have to talk. She doesn't have to do learn the proper English. She doesn't have to do that because some school district has said, yes, we are going to accept that you identify as a feline cat. As absurd and crazy as that is, a school district made that decision because mm-hmm. they're probably afraid to get sued. Right. Because again, that's the time that we live mm-hmm. in. But that is not our community. That is not normal. But now everybody is reading the same thing. Mm-hmm. And now they're thinking the same thing. And like, yes, we're all thinking it's crazy and insane and it doesn't make any sense. But now we're all thinking that. So that has just become a little bit more normal. Yeah. A little bit. And, and we're just inching our way to this abnormality of all the craziness that is out there. Yeah, the content game has definitely opened up the world of yeah. those type of stories. So when we were growing up, you know, you get your local newspaper, and yep. so you're limited to the stories that are in that newspaper because this was before, this was pre-internet, yeah. all that good stuff. Every now and then, my dad would get the New York Times or something if if he went to or the Dallas Morning He's News. Going wild, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Every now and then, he get the, like the Dallas, and that was like a big deal to get yeah. the Dallas Morning News because now yeah. you're exposed to what's what's going on in Dallas as opposed yeah. to the small town. Yeah in West Texas. So over time, it's changed to now we get little stories like that. That would have never been in the newspaper. That would have never been in, in, a, no. in a, you know, on print somewhere yeah. because it's just not that. Well, and also to think about it, they had to fill up an entire article. So they had right. to do their research. Yep. They had to talk to people. Yep. Now news is two sentences. Yeah. That's it. Right. Like all you have to care about and us learning this, this podcast world and like branding and marketing, like what matters on YouTube is your thumbnail. That's right. How it's designed, how the letters are, the image that you have, that's what matters. Not the content. Right. Oh, the Back content. In the, day, the content is the lowest thing yeah, that matters. Lowest of importance. <laughs> Grab their attention. Yeah. Yeah. Because you only have it for 10 seconds. Right. So back in the day, okay, how are we going to write an entire article about mm-hmm. this girl? That story, the feline deal, maybe. Yeah. I mean, you could you could talk to a psychologist. You could talk to the district. You can ask comments. You can do you can do whatever you want to do, but like really now news, there's one no credibility. Two, there doesn't have to be any content. There doesn't have to be research. There doesn't have to be anything. Like we're gonna push it out there in three to five sentences, and that's it. How many stories have you seen to that point? How many stories have you seen where you know they start writing their article and then they have a quote, but it's not from the actual person. The mm-hmm. quote's being taken from this person's Twitter account yeah. or their Instagram page. Yep. So-and-so notified on Instagram. So the reporter's not even going to talk to this person. No. They're seeing it posted on their Instagram and now writing an entire... And it's, because, and it's an opinion piece. It's right. not news. And, and, I, and, and we can sit here and judge that person that yeah. 
but the problem is not necessarily that one individual. It's just the ecosystem we've built yeah. in general, uh-huh. which is, again, uh-huh. content is king right now. Everybody has to put out their content. There's 4 million, something like that, podcasts out there. Everybody's got a podcast. Everybody's got an opinion piece. Everybody's now got a stub, sub stack where they can write their own articles. There's just so much information, yeah. so much out there that is all in our pockets, yeah. which it was never and, like that And before. no credibility. Okay, so you told me to watch... Um, uh, the Manti Teo. Teo. Yeah. Did you watch it? I did. Oh, what'd you think? My my perception is completely different. And I'm guilty just just like everybody um, out there. Because I remember I remember hearing that story. And it wasn't like, oh, this dude's a weirdo. This dude's... I'm like... Like, you put yourself in that situation. Yeah. Like, it's like, you're, you're just a weird dude. Yeah. Like, how it's do different. you... Yeah, how... If what you say is true, how could that have possibly happened? Like, how ignorant, sheltered do you have to be? After watching it, I'm like, okay, my perception, like, I believe, and I don't know how much of this was like, hey, we're going to do this because we want to tell his perception of the story yeah, or whatever. You're right? definitely getting his, his side of the story. But my point is, is this article was broke by Deadspin at the mm-hmm. time, who Deadspin's sole mission was to make ESPN look stupid. Look stupid. Right? Because, and it, I, I, I think, I, I kind of believe them. They interviewed the, the two guys that did the research. It was like an intern and then some, like, hacker guy that, mm-hmm. like, wrote this article yeah. about Manti Teo's fake girlfriend, which was fake girlfriend. It really wasn't fake. It really, there was really something going on there. Right. I thought he made the whole thing up. Never had a girlfriend, never had any of this. No, it was a true. It was a, a legitimate, yeah. like, interaction, all that. But again, we're not told that story because they wrote this with the intention of making ESPN look stupid because of all the things that they published about his girlfriend that died the same day as his grandmother and all this. And like, they were trying to really kind of shove it in the face of the big sports networks and everybody took it and attacked him. Mm-hmm. Wasn't their intention to make him look like, I mean, I'm sure there was some like, oh, this goody two shoes, yeah. Heisman finalist, had no business being there. Um, but like, again, this was blasted out and they did a lot of research. They did, they did some digging. They actually put effort into trying to find, get to the bottom of the story and they were way off, Yeah, yeah. way off. So again, how can we trust anything out there and then bring it into our homes, bring it into our communities and spit it out as gospel, which now is, is degrading our, our kids, our schools, our communities, because we're just taking this BS that we as humans aren't qualified to consume that much information. And then now we're just spitting it back out, regurgitating it, probably changing details Mm -hmm. into our community. And now we as a community are living scared. We're living um, sensitive. We're judging. I mean, all of these things that like as humans in communities, we shouldn't be towards each other because we're just taking nonsense Mm -hmm. because somebody's wanting to get clicks, make some money. And now we're regurgitating that like people really care. Yeah. Yeah. With this, with this information overload, it also leads to, you know, as I think about my kids and the future that they're going to grow up into, and it also leads to a lot of passivity with taking action on certain things because you're scared of the ramifications. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, that can be both through your speech, you know, standing up for things that you believe in. Mm-hmm. People are scared to do now because they're scared of the back, the blowback. 
you know, being labeled as a racist, being labeled as a transphobe, being labeled as a misogynist, all those, all these labels, these ist labels that we're scared to speak up now when we see something that we don't agree with. Yep. So that's one aspect. Another aspect is stepping in when there's physical harm being done because you're unsure of how, well, now am I going to be blamed for sexual assault or am mm-hmm. I going to be blamed for abuse? abuse? Or, you know, yeah. so, so because of the information overload, it's now we're scared to take action. Well, and here's a story, and I've been debating if I'm gonna how much I'm gonna share what I'm gonna share. But uh, we had uh, we had an event yesterday um, at one of my kids' schools, and there's been there's been a child that has been disruptive. That's um, been um, you know, used language that's inappropriate for that age, uh, has been hurtful towards kids verbally and physically. Uh, well, a couple of days ago, it escalated to um, a, ch- a child getting really hurt, like really hurt, um, and a half an inch away from, like, permanent damage. Um, and so for the first time, Tiffany and I were like, okay, hold on, what 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 is going on? Like, mm-hmm. are... We are sending our children to school to, um, one, learn, two, uh, to uh, mature emotionally, intellectually, uh, relationally, and then physically, hopefully, too, which we're blessed to be in a school district that like actually does PE and actually gets the kids out. But now, for the very first time, we're like, hold on, like, I'm questioning the ability of the school to keep our kids safe. And so, this event happens a couple of days ago, and then we get a call yesterday that, uh, and it was quick, whatever, we get a call yesterday that there was another one, but aimed towards one of my children. Um, and one of my children was, was injured. And again, I'm going to be as vague here as I, as I possibly can because we don't have all the information. It wasn't there, so I don't want to speak like I know it. Um, and, it and it happened to be the same kid that... Um, this pattern of behavior. Yeah, the pattern of behavior. The one that the day before was a very, very serious um, physical altercation, whatever it is, right? And so, okay, my wife and I are like, first of all, why is that child at school the very next day? Think about it. if we got into any physical, we did anything yeah. in school. You were you were suspended the next day. You right. were not coming back to school the next day. Right, like not, not like not a question. Um, and then he was was there, and then this happened, and immediately dad mode comes in, right? Super protective. I literally left the office. I was out. Like we had we had a big company meeting last. Night. I was like, hey, I'm sorry, I can't be. Here. I've got to go. Like you're not touching my touching my baby, mm-hmm. and so. We get there, we dig into it, and, you know, it, I don't think it ended up being as bad as we thought, but it was also delivered in a way that was like, oh, no, 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 it's no big deal, no big deal. Well, then my daughter has a big shiner on her forehead, like a huge, like, welt on her forehead. She says it's on purpose. We kind of talked through it. It's debatable. But what, what, is, what is hard is that there's been a pattern, and... There's an inability from teachers, and it's not the teacher's fault. 
Right. It, it's not the teacher's fault. What's hard right now and raising kids right now is schools are handcuffed. They can't do anything. I mean, even the old school at a premier school district in the country, the teachers there are leaving because they can't do anything. Mm -hmm. If a child violently attacks them, they can't even put hands on them to restrain them. Those are the new guidelines that they have to follow. So teachers are now limited to not only protect themselves, but also to intervene and protect other kids. So biggest questions that we have is like, all right, what, what, what actions are being taken? What are we doing? And there's a plan, so that's good. And there's things, we, we don't know what it is because of uh, just privacy laws. They can't share exactly what's, what's going on. Um, but there's just so much going on. And my wife and I are trying to take it from a, from a perspective of, of empathy. And it's like, okay, we have no idea what's going on behind closed doors, what's going on at home, what's going on in the family. We don't know anything about this student that is, has kind of had this pattern of um, challenges. And so... We don't know. And like, honestly, and we're telling our kids, like, listen, we need to love him. That's our job. Like, we are called to love those kids, to be there for them. If you need to remove yourself to keep yourself safe, absolutely. But what I don't want to have to do is I don't want to have to take my son to go have boxing lessons so he can protect his sibling. Yeah. Because he needs to go in and because the teacher won't do it. And now he's got to go in and he's got to, he's got to fight for his yeah. sister. It should never be that way. So that is a legitimate one that is a legitimate concern I think that parents across the country have is, okay, we're so handcuffed, we're so scared of getting sued, so handcuffed of being politically correct, so handcuffed and doing all these things that, okay, now who's gonna suffer? Is it our kids? Because now they're missing out like classes, Teachers, if there's like a disruptive kid, maybe he's got like ADHD or he's got, he's on the spectrum or he's got something going on, like teachers cannot remove him from the class. So now the other class, their learning time is disrupted. And there's been times that literally like my daughter has had to just sit for an entire day because the teacher is trying to get this kid under control within the guidelines. And they, she lost an entire day of learning mm -hmm. because she just... They can't do anything. Yep. And that's what's scary to me. Um, and so we're just, because we see all of this nonsense around the country and all this information, all this reporting about this school district got sued and this got this and this got this. And guess what? The people that are doing the suing for no freaking reason are winning yeah. because it's so well known. Now, court systems are like, well, we can't make a judgment. Yep. You know what? Okay, school district, you got insurance. Make sure you pay them. And it's just, it's this snowball effect now that is just reinforcing this bad behavior. And we had the conversation is like, okay, you're letting this child come back to the school that's hurting other kids verbally and physically. What is that telling the other kids that that behavior is okay and there's not consequences? Right. And it's just, it is scary, but, but again, I think parents, we need to step up. One, we need, we need to first be empathetic to other situations that we don't understand. Don't have all the information. So if you approach it from empathy and um, just compassion, that's where you got to approach it. But two, the majority of us feel the same way. The majority of us need to, to I was going to use a male term, but like we need, to, we need to rally and we need to not be silent if something happens 
to uh, something that we agree with, we can't just be silent because we're afraid of what people, the, the minority are going to think of us. Mm-hmm. We need to support each other because we can all see that the direction of our education system, especially in the public schools, is going in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. But we have to support each other. And it doesn't take a lot. Like, it really doesn't. If a hundred parents from a school all say, no, like, we're not going to support this. Like, there needs to be action taken on whatever it is. I guarantee you, because guess what? If those hundred kids don't go to school, guess what? The school doesn't get paid for those kids. That's how they get the state funding if it was all based on attendance. So guess what? Now the school's losing money out of their pocket I know the principals want to do something, can't do it, but the district now is going to say, whoa, 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 we're losing funding. Maybe we need to change our policy a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it can't, it, we can't let the minority out-vocalize, out out-pressure the majority of us that really see, okay, the direction is not healthy for our kids. Letting our, letting our kids speak in cat and meows is not helping anybody. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think... And we talked about this before. That that kids always existed. Yeah, our, always. You know, in society that. Yeah. And kids like that. I grew up with kids just like the one you're describing, which yeah. is just a, you know, have a rough home life. They bully when they go to school. You know, have issues. The difference is, as you're saying, our reaction to that child. Yeah. When we were kids, that kid wasn't coming to school the next day. Yeah. Now it's we're so scared. We're incentivized financially. There's all these different reasons. Well, we got to keep them in the classroom. Yeah. And there's a school district here in the Dallas area. Again, I'll keep it vague. But they're not allowed to reprimand children. The way that they have decided as a district that they're going to encourage better behavior is by doing just that. So instead of reprimanding a kid for doing something not the right way, what they do is they encourage another kid who is doing the right thing. Yeah. So they don't get onto the kid for doing the wrong thing. They just simply encourage another yeah. kid for doing the right yeah. thing. And that, that's the approach. I get the taken. positive reinforcement approach, but there also has to be, and like this is going to sound bad because you're talking about kids, but there also has to be a fear of not doing the right thing. I remember I, w- I would stay up at night fearing getting a pink slip. Remember yeah. getting a pink slip? Or I don't know what color never it was. Never got one. But yeah, I but you know what? Did you all have those? Yeah. It never got one either. Yeah. And that was like, if I got a pink slip, I wasn't leaving my house for a yeah. month. There was a fear. Oh, there was a real fear. Yep. And there has to be a healthy fear of like, okay, I get that feeling in my gut. If I, if I do that, that I know that I'm not supposed to do, but guess what? You remove that if there are no consequences and there are no reprimanding. So it's like, I kind of want to do that. I know it's wrong, but guess what? There's not going to be consequences. I'm going to do it. What, what, where is the barrier that really gets that child to say, I really probably shouldn't do that. Well, in that same school district, you mentioned this earlier. Now, kids that are you know ADHD or have some some issues that are not maybe a hundred. They're obvious, but they're not so egregious yeah. that, that it has to really. These school districts are incentivized to keep those kids in the regular classroom mm-hmm. because of funding, because yep. of things like that. Well, you got to have less specialists, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And 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 it makes your and I'm just gonna say it makes your school district look bad, is what yeah. they think. Yeah. By having that type of, and so that's the scary thing, I think, where, when I think about my kid's future is where it's headed, is not necessarily that I think kids have changed, kids are still the same, it's our reaction, yeah. and how we're raising kids, and what yeah. we're doing to, to, to bring them up, and so that's what I think about when I think about our kids' futures, what are we doing as parents yeah. to 
ensure that as things get wilder, as we're exposed to more, how do we continue keeping them on the right path? And I think you said it a second ago, you know, our parents were able to be more passive in the school system because the school, at least that maybe it was lack of, maybe it was lack of exposure, lack of knowledge, but for whatever reason, they were able to take a more hands-off approach. So as we were growing up, it wasn't this thing where you had to band together. No, because the school handled it. Because school school would handle it. Now it's like you're saying, we're going to have to band together as parents. We're going to have to get active in our school board. We're going to have to take an interest Mm -hmm. in what's going on if we want something to change. It's not going to change by us sitting here and bitching on a a podcast about it. It's going to change by us showing up on a Tuesday night and being active in the curriculum that's being taught to our kids. If we just keep going passively along and just complaining, you know, to our friends, but never actually taking action, it's like we yes. talked about yesterday. Yeah. We know what needs to be done. It's taking the action to do it, but it's uncomfortable. It's inconvenient. It's going to take away from our day job. Like there's things that, that we just don't want to, that we're not willing to do. We think we're willing to do. We say we're willing to do it, but we're not actually taking action, willing to do it. And the more of us that continue along this path of passivity, the worse it's going to get. It's not yeah. getting better on its own. Yeah. People still want power. People still want money. That's mm-hmm. always going to be a driver. Mm-hmm. So until we as parents step up and decide, number one, take care of our home, our yeah. own families. That's, that's where it starts. That's where it starts is take care of your home. But number two, all right, now that you've taken care of your home, because I know you and I are raising our kids the way that, that we see fit. Mm-hmm. So we're taking care of that. Now what's our next step, Tyler? Mm-hmm. You get involved in your school district. I get involved in my school. That's the next step. Yeah. How do we better our community? How do we serve our community? It starts with our kids. Right. And so if you want your kid to have a better future, you're going to have to get your ass involved. Yes. There's no more sitting around, Mm-mm. no more standing by, no more bitching and moaning to your friends. Mm-hmm. It's go, show up, get involved. And I'm talking to myself here. I'm not talking to you on the microphone. I'm talking to myself because now that my son is in kindergarten, my first, my oldest son, thankfully, it's been three weeks. Thankfully, it's been a great experience so far. But to your point... I can't rely on that great experience so far to just just passively stand by and just hope it, it continues to go that way. Mm-hmm. I have to be in myself involved. If I believe that things need to go a certain way, it's up to me mm-hmm. to make sure it goes that way. Mm-hmm. And so that's my encouragement today is how do we band together? As Every movie, the theme is the same, right? Good people getting together, banding together, realizing they're more powerful mm-hmm. than the few. And getting together and doing the right thing. Yeah. That's what we have to do. Yes. We can't keep talking about it. We can't be keep complaining on Facebook about it. I see so many complaints oh, on Facebook. Bro. And so many warriors on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Who's actually going out there in the community and doing the thing? Mm-hmm. Who's actually putting the words to action mm-hmm. and getting after it? That's what we have to do. If you want a better future for your kids, guess what? You've got to create that better right. future. If you're sick and tired of the way that things are going, you've got to do something about it. And we as a community need to get together and need to rally and, and start heading in the right direction. Amen. Amen. As, I mean, do we That's just it. need, a, do we just need to just, mic drop? Just drop it there. Dude, mic drop. Yeah, no more talking. Let's get yeah. after it. Yeah. So whatever you're doing today, take some action to better the, the, the next generation. The better, even if you, you don't have yeah. kids, go volunteer at a Boys and Girls Club. Yeah. Go volunteer at a local sh- wherever. Wherever there's youth. Yeah. Go be a positive impact. Go That's coach right. a youth sports team. Even if you don't have any kids, go coach you. Now, again, our minds tell us, well, that's creepy. That's weird. No, go positively impact yeah. the kids. Because if you're so scared 
of the next generation. And I can't imagine raising kids. right. To me, that excites me. When I hear a comment like that, I can't imagine raising a kid in this generation. Actually, I'm taking the opposite approach. I can't wait to raise my Dude, kids in this again, generation. Again, we've talked about it, right? It is going to be, if you do it right, it is going to be fishing in Your a barrel. Your kids for are kids. going to be head and shoulders. Yeah. Now, again, selfishly, that makes sense. Yeah. But the problem is, if your kids are head and shoulders above everybody else and nobody else is coming up with, that's a problem. That means everybody else failed. That means everybody else failed. So we do need to encourage other people to do this as well. It can't just be you, but that's where it starts. Again, like you said, it starts in the home. Be the example. Then it talks about, let's bring everybody along with. Because guess what? There are other parents out there that want the same thing, that are doing the same thing in the home. There are a lot of them. I'm telling you, every time I go out there, like I coach two flag football teams and I look at these kids and I'm like, these are great kids, yes. like great kids. Their parents are active. They're present. They're th- I mean, great kids. There are a ton of them out there. But again, we hear these one-offs and then generalize it like that's, that's the life that we live in mm-hmm. right now. Yep. And we don't yet. We don't. It is, I would say, conclusion, it is more challenging. Mm-hmm. It definitely is more You're going to be inconvenienced. It's not going to be comfortable. Yeah. It's not going to be easy. Yep. But it's a 1,000% necessary. Yeah. Hey, breaking news. By the way, people watch your actions. Crazy. People are inspired by your actions. They're not inspired by your Facebook words. They're not <laughs> inspired by your Instagram posts. They're inspired by what are you doing? What mm-hmm. actions are you taking? Yep. If you are being active in community, other people will follow. That's right. If you're sitting there bitching on Facebook, people will not follow. It's never worked that way. It never nope. will work that way that we're inspired by words. We're inspired by action. That's right. So get out there and take action. Yep. Have a great rest of the week. We'll see you guys next week. 